This episode of Think Twice is brought to you by Patreon and patrons like you. If you'd like to join the Think Twice family, get podcast swag, tons of deck lists, and more, go to patreon.com slash thinktwicemtg. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 215 of Think Twice, the magic and pop culture show hosted by me, Justin Parnell, and my co-host, Stephen Sandy Pants Green. Sandy Pants. I don't like that. Well, you were talking to me before how you wanted to be uh, in and around Dune, so I would imagine if you were there, you'd have very Sandy Pants. Uh, no, I would wear a suit specifically crafted to keep the sand out. Yeah, you can't keep it out, though. Anyone that's been around sand know that you can't. That's just not possible. Uh, they have that technology in this place called Dune. They have it. I don't think they do. They do. I don't think they do. I think they got the sandy butthole thing. You know, you get sand in your crack. I don't. <laughs> in your shorts. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. I hope they don't have that. Because it's just, like, terrible. Are you it's wishing inevitable. that they, upon anyone who visits that They've world? learned to live with it, Stephen, and that's just something that they have to accept. It's not a big part of it because it's just every day, you know? Do you see the characters in Dune, like, go to pee when they, uh, like, had their bladders filled up? Do you see that? Of course not. That'd be a ridiculous thing to show in a movie. So you're not going to show with uh, sand in someone's crack. Okay. Okay? It's yeah. just a, It's just a fact of life. And they just accept that. Do you think you are a better it. person because you don't accept a Sandy crack? I've had a Sandy crack many times before. Yeah, but you won't stand for it. It's clear. I, well, I, I, don't, I try to remove myself from a situation where I am in Sandy crack uh, chance, you know, because I don't yeah. want a Sandy crack. No one wants a Sandy crack. But you'll go out to the beach, though. I know you will. I will. I will. I will. And then, yeah, I have a Sandy crack. That's just inevitable. You can make eye contact with the beach and you have a little sand in your crack. Justin, that's ridiculous. Everyone at home or it's on their drive, they hear that they hear you, and it's ridiculous. No, they know what I'm talking about, and you can't deny it. I've went to the beach many times and not had any sand anywhere other than my feet. That was a lie. That was a lie. Whatever you say. That's just a lie. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you would start off this podcast with a lie. I'm not lying. I think you're the only liar lying. that I remember is you. You wished ill upon the Eagles. You actively caused me harm, and you said you wouldn't do that. Um, I haven't forgotten about that. Yeah, well, I didn't wish harm on you. I wished harm on you in a sports way. That's different than real harm. This is the one week anniversary of that wounding. <laughs> so this is, we're gonna we're gonna rec- continue to recall this this loss. Yeah, it's all yeah. your fault. It's because you wish them to lose, and it happened. You had that power on that night. Well, if only I could wield that power for for greater purposes on different nights. No, that's why you can't. You can't be like trusted. Like the night of the NFC Championship. Well... That'd be my one night a year that I'd pick to wield that power of being able to choose a team to win or lose. Well, I mean, you need it because that's how the Packers get the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm well aware. I'm well aware. On that yeah. night, you won't have the power because that's your curse. Uh, the night his, you want it, you don't have it. Historically, I have not had it. Yeah, you have it every other fortnight outside of that night. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you know, and the monkey paw curls, so it were. Uh, so we got we have a fun thing to talk about today. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about uh, eagles and you being sad and having sand in your crack and all that good stuff. We are going to be talking about Dune a few weeks from now. I believe it's coming out. I, I think you've told me it comes out today. The day we're, we're recording. recording. Yeah. We're you're, we're recording this on ten twenty one. Yeah, it's out uh, right now. And it came out about 45 minutes ago, according to Stephen. Yeah. So uh, we're recording this 1021, which is going to be important because uh, for our first section, it's gonna, the timing that we are recording this is going to be very important because it's uh, going to be proven right or wrong very shortly. But before we get to that, again, Dune next month. But next week, John and I are going to watch No Time to Die. Now, I said last week, that I've not watched a Daniel Craig Bond film, and I'm going to watch this one. And I would say a number of people have suggested that I watch the Bond films. Yeah, when are you going to watch that? Um, I don't know. You tell me. I guess you haven't watched it either. I haven't, but I'm down to go watch it. I'll, I'll go watch it with you whenever you want. Okay. Well, I'm not going to tell the podcast because they might be stalking us, and I can't have that. Yeah, we can't have that. I can't have that. Yeah, you, we can work that out, and we can go watch that movie sometime over the next few days. Uh, but I'm not going to watch any of the rest. I'm just going to watch this one, and then uh, talk about it next week. Against the wishes of, of virtually everyone that has, is recommending it. You know what? I think it's an important perspective to have. Because there's going to be people listening to this show that have also not watched the Daniel Craig Bond films, and I will be a man of the people and be able to provide perspective of the ignorant. Yeah, there's just a, like a loose storyline going on there with Daniel Craig. For the, for the first time ever? For the first time yeah, in like kinda, any that's, that's it. It's loose, okay? Anyway, so no time to die next week. And then uh, John and I are going to be going back to Netflix in two weeks to watch The Harder They Fall, which I believe um, is about, uh, you know, tall people falling down. Because the saying goes, obviously, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. So I imagine you just got some, you know, eight foot people, nine foot people, and they're just falling. Over. I am. Uh, I'm Googling this now because of what you just said. Yeah. To see how tall they are. I believe that it's. It's a Western. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to watch this. Oh, it's just. Wow. So tall cowboys. That's interesting. OK. Oh. It looks average height to me, but I don't want to spoil oh, it for tall, you. they're tall though. They're tall yeah, though, based on the title. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you. It's really difficult to assess how tall people are when you have two people of the same height near each other. You know, if you have someone that's like you know five ten, and then someone that's like eight four, it's, it's a big difference. But okay, when you have okay. someone that's Hold like on. eight four, and then someone that's like eight two, they just look like normal sized people. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm googling this height. Okay, so the tall person in there in the picture that I saw is six two. I'll tell you who it is, but they are yeah, six well two. Yeah, well they've uh, bumped up. They, you know, in the movies eight two. Eight, eight two. Okay, eight two. Yeah, Jeez. six two. It's movie <laughs> magic. They can do that. Okay. Oh man, but it's a cowboy movie. It's, what what are they riding? Like eight foot horses? Small, smaller. Ten humans. foot two, smaller humans. Yes. <laughs> You've made quite a prediction for the movie. The harder they fall. 
Well, uh, that's you know, I, I'm just based everything on the name. I feel like you should get a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of what the movie is about out of the name, and I think that you know, I think that I'm right in my prediction. And that's a good segue, Stephen, because uh, our topic today, again, on the 21st day of October, is to make wild predictions about Crimson Vow. Now, next Thursday, a week from today, which is going to be on the 28th, Wizards of the Coast is going to release their, their big preview, and that's when previews are going to start. We don't know anything about the set. Pretty much. So, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We're going to make our wild predictions for Innistrad Crimson Vow. All right, Stephen. So before we start making our wild predictions, why don't we just say what we know for sure about this set? It's not much. Uh, what I know is what I read on the internet, okay, and that work. is that Olivia is trying to unite the bloodlines of Valderan and uh, Martha, mm -hmm. and that she's the bride. We don't know who the uh, groom is. We don't. Uh, and then. Uh, no, a little bit. Uh, evidently, uh, Emrakul, she messed up the moon cycle. So there's some weird stuff going on with the moon. Shenanigans. Uh, I think that's about it. I don't think we know okay. anything else. They might have said yeah. something on like a, like a, a Twitch stream or something that I missed, but... You know. uh, no, I mean, you pretty much, you pretty much got it. Um, I think that... Here's my first wild prediction. This isn't really a wild one. Uh, I think that the uh, the person that Olivia is going to be marrying is going to be Edgar Markov, which is Soren's uh, grandfather, I guess. Uh, well, I don't think so. You know, that's a wild prediction. You think it's Edgar Markov, and yeah. then I want to say that he's way too old for her. But the vampires. They're all and way too old. I'm not sure the ages. Yeah, but like 4,000 dating a 3,000-year-old? Get out of here. I won't stand for it. Um, And personally, I think Olivia is going to be marrying a, a new man on the scene. His name is Stephen Markov. Okay. I have not heard of him, please. Yeah, he's new on the scene. He's very suave. And uh, he's a he's a new Markov on in the town. The new Mark Hosley is a... Yeah. Okay, well, you just said you had a problem with a 4,000-year-old marrying a 3,000-year-old, a so you're going to have Olivia, who's very old, marrying, like, what, a 35-year-old vampire? First off, this vampire is whatever age we need him to be. You just said new on the scene. He's that new means on he's the scene for the marriage. You don't know all the Markovs. He, there's plenty of Markovs. He's a small country Markov, okay? But he's making a name for himself. He's going to get city. into the big city, and <laughs> yeah. he's going to get going to get married. He's being sold off by his his uncle Soren. Exactly, and that's who yeah. it is. What it's, do you think the what would the dowry be? Oh God, I don't know. You for, get the you, you just the get you get the vault of the archangel. The whole wall. I was gonna say you get the you get the wall that held Soren so long. Obviously, a very strong wall. Uh, there is a monument to that, but I don't want that. Yeah, I want the vault of the archangel, the whole vault. Just the whole vault of the archangel. Yeah. Well, that seems like I get a lot. that. So, uh, 
Yeah, I think that it's going to be Edgar Markov. They've they've hinted at that pretty heavily based on these story spotlight cards. Uh, Fateful Absence is the card in particular. Uh, okay, so I want to look that up real quick. You you really think it's uh, Edgar, huh? Yeah, I do. Pretty pretty solidly. What makes you say that? The flavor text of the card. No. Read it out loud. Go ahead. I can't. Every time I search that card, it uh, I like Google search it, and there's like Fateful Hour decks, and that's the ability. Fateful of absence. Fateful absence. Anyway, it shows Soren on the card checking the grave, presumably the gravesite, the tomb of his uh, grandfather, Edgar Markov, to find it empty. Someone had been it? there first. Yeah, I, I read uh, Since in the plot, Soren raced to his grandfather's resting crypt. But someone else had gotten there first. You know what? Probably right. Now, Olivia, you think Olivia woke him up and proposed to him? Yeah, definitely. One thing we know is uh, we can confirm that uh, the Voldarens are not the McPoyles of of Anastrad, okay? Olivia is not wanting to keep the bloodlines pure. Um, okay, she's wanting to mix the bloodlines. Yes, did you think about maybe it was Stephen Markov getting his great-grandfather's permission to marry Olivia? <laughs> oh, you think they woke him up because <laughs> they wanted to get his... Well, was, uh, yeah. His blessing? You gotta make sure, because he's probably yeah. a very powerful vampire. Uh, you don't want to lie. When he gets up in 300 years, you don't want to be mad about it. Yeah, I did not think about that, and I don't oh. think that's going to be it. Okay. So I do think that there's going to be other Planeswalkers in the set. I think that we have three Planeswalker, Planeswalker cards. That's going to be Soren, Chandra, and Kaya. Now, I, I think it's going to be pretty easy of what uh, Kaya is going to be, mono-red. But I think that Soren is going to be mono black, and I think Kaya is going to be mono white. You think Kaya should? I mean, Kaya just showed up. You think we get uh, another one? It yeah, does feel like we've we got a string of Kaya's, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kaya is a significantly more interesting character than Jace, so I'm not super sad about it. Uh, but yeah, you know, traditionally Soren and Kaya are both black white planeswalkers. So I think they're going to kind of split the difference. Soren will be mono black. Kaya is going to be mono white in this case. What's Kaya doing on Um, She's she's the bouncer in case any ghost spirits. And try to on Kaldheim. She's in a lot of places right now. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, she's so I think that yeah, she's going to be the bouncer to make sure that the wedding goes off without a hitch. No ghosts or spirits are going to, uh, you know, make their presence known she's gonna she's gonna nip that in the butt well so i have an alternate theory with olivia okay. um and stephen markham in okay. this theory so you're still on this huh? okay in this theory wait what you said happens happens she marries edgar okay but it's all an elaborate trick and she drains edgar of his blood and gains his power and which gains okay. her a spark and she's the new plane 
But Edgar wasn't like a the, planeswalker. It's like the Red Wedding. Yeah, but her power and his power combine, and then she like gains the spark. I don't know what the recipe for gaining the spark is. You don't gain a spark. Yeah, you the do only way you the planeswalkers. They gain sparks. They don't gain it. The only way you gain a spark is what... That was the whole War of the Spark story. That's how you had to do it. And it didn't even work. Well, she gets it. She's the Duplinus Walker. Okay. However it happens. Okay. So She's tell me about... The Red Black Plains Walker. Of course. Of course. That's only, only right. Yeah. Now, I think uh, she probably has... She just takes a creature, but I don't know, like minus three. She comes in with four loyalty. That's too high, though. Like, every time I try to make a Planeswalker, I'm like, yeah, four mana, comes in with four loyalty. Just, I don't feel like they make those anymore. They don't, because they're too good. Yeah. I can't, uh, yeah, I can't formulate what a Planeswalker does, what you, what you would actually see, and that's the problem. Well, I don't think she's going to be a Planeswalker. I think she's going to be a regular old vampire bribe. Yeah, okay, well, how is she marry? Um... Soren. Or she's Edgar. Not. Is it Edgar a Planeswalker? Is he a legend? Is that no, just a regular he's just, legend? He's not a Planeswalker. Only he just Soren has that eminence ability like he's a Planeswalker. But that yeah. happens everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I do think that we're going to get an Edgar card. And I think that it's not going to be three colors like his, his commander card. I think it will be two colors. Probably black and white. Oh, I feel it's just what? So yeah, black, white, mythic, rare. That's my prediction for Edgar. Yep. I don't think they're doing it, but uh, what if... Um, don't doubt yourself. This is the time for predictions. What if when they get you've married... You've come this far. You've hitched your wagon to <laughs> what, Stephen okay. Markov. <laughs> yeah, it's not Stephen Markov in this scenario. I have many timelines here. Um, sure. Uh, Edgar and uh, Olivia get married, but they have yeah. melt. And they, like, <laughs> turn into something different. Well, now that would be interesting. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? Yeah. Because they they can do it. That's, I don't I don't think they're going back. to, but that seems like a pretty cool like this is like a good time wild. to use that. It where, would be, it would be, it would make a lot of sense. You have yeah. meld, you could have uh you could have like two other creatures that are like come together to fight them have meld. And yeah. they flip and it's like a team up on the backside. Like uh like Thalia and Audric. They're probably going to be in this set, and they have meld, and they come in like it's like a team up card because they can uh, keep stealing stuff from Pokemon. <laughs> Is it Team Rocket? No, no, just like you know, Pokemon has like tag team cards where it's two Pokemon on the card. Oh yeah, it's time. If if it works somewhere else, we got to get it in. Yeah, I say just steal it. Yeah, they should have been stealing stuff from Pokemon. Pokemon has they're they're they've lapped magic with well, creativity. In terms of, like, new art on cards, I think Magic's doing pretty good. You know? They're in a pretty good place. Much better than when all we got was, like, a shooting star foil. That's it. You know? Hey. Come a long way. Because I feel like just having a foil was as recent as, like, three or four years ago. That was, like, what Maybe. you got. Now, I don't think that, uh, I don't think all these characters are going to make it through the end of the story. 
I think that one of the characters will die permanently. Soren, Chandra, or Kaya? Yep. Oh, that's a bold prediction. I think it's going to be Soren. He's going to die from either uh, a stake to the chest, a big one, (laughs) uh, or die from uh, heartbreak. Just he's just gonna die, just like turn to stone, because he's heartbroken that he wasn't invited to the wedding. Now you don't think he's getting an invite? No way. Oh lord. Okay. Yeah, he's not gonna get an invite. If it was you, yeah. you wouldn't invite him to your wedding. Is what you're saying? Oh no, I would invite Soren. I would definitely wouldn't invite Soren. Soren thinks he's so cool. Like he thinks he's just the. Soren is the coolest person Soren's ever met. You know what I mean? No, I get exactly. I get it. Yeah. He forgets about people. You know, like Nahiri. And I'm not defending Nahiri's actions, but look, you can only push a person too so far, okay, before they retaliate. I'm just saying they're both wrong, okay? Soren and Nahiri are both wrong. All right. Okay. And there's not there's not amounts of wrongness. They're just both wrong. Anyway. Um, I have another wild theory. So okay. in Innistrad, they did this ritual or whatever because of Emrakul and the moon. They did? And I think the result of that ritual, you may have already known what the result is. I just don't know. So this makes it better. Is that Avison returns. It's brought back into existence as a black-white angel this time. A black-white angel. Yeah. Uh, I think bent on revenge against Soren. Maybe that's how Soren dies. Oh, maybe you have a little, uh, you know, little fair play. You killed me, I kill you type deal. You know how hyped up I'm going to be if we get some of this right? Yeah, I'll just take one. Uh, the Avison thing right there, if that happens and that's how Soren dies. Man, oh, if Avison comes back and kills Soren and just smites him, that would be so great. It would be. I'm definitely Team Avison between Soren, Nahiri, and uh, Avison, for sure. It's not even close. Okay. See what else we got? What else we got? Oh, okay. Emrakul. Yeah. Breaks free from the moon. Breaks free. Breaks free. Does not. It leaves the moon. I don't understand how Emrakul's in the moon. Emrakul put them. Put herself in the moon. Yeah, but I don't understand what that means. Is Emrakul in another dimension inside the moon? No, she's just on the moon. She's just on the moon. She's hanging out. Emrakul breaks free from the moon. God, I figured it out. Did you? Oh, okay. What? How? What'd you figure out? All right, Edgar and or Stephen. Yes. Are on. Are at the, uh, you know, at at the altar with Olivia, and then uh, the person who's officiating the wedding. Um, I don't know who that would be. Uh, some just some random random person says, "If anyone has anything to say," and then the doors bust open. And it's Emrakul that that doesn't like that they're getting married. But bust the doors open. Emrakul would break the walls down. Yeah, well, you had to bust the doors open 
and then tears the entire roof off the building. Okay. In that order. All right. All right. And then dramatic says halts the wedding because it doesn't want them get. She doesn't want them getting. Yeah, away. she doesn't. She yeah, she's not. She doesn't agree. Okay. Yeah. And then Soren's just there, and he like mouths off. No, Soren has died of heartbreak because he didn't get invited to the wedding. He's out of the picture already. Okay, and this—that's the scenario where he dies of didn't get an invite. Okay, I'm just checking. Yeah, he's just just from sadness. No, Addison. He was like, um, I've lived for a thousand years, and I never thought that heartbreak well, would kill me. Does Emrakul do anything if we still get married? Does she like eat us or? Well, she's not into eating. She's more into like. You know, like some some light mind control here and there. Okay, she smushes. Like, what is she? Emrakul's a very large creature. So, yeah. Um, no, she just convinces uh, everyone that they don't want to get married. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Stephen Markov would not be convinced uh, without a yeah. threat of violence. That's well. Well, first of all, Stephen Markov probably has a weak constitution <laughs> when it comes to Emrakul mind control. No, no, no. Stephen Stephen Markov speaks with the voice of a very tall man. <laughs> um, okay, I do think that we're going to get exactly one card that references Emrakul. Just one. Uh, well, I'd say you might get a couple, at least, is what I think. But I say I you get you, one. You're definitely going to get one. Maybe I say you get exactly one. Or on a card. I think we're going to get an Emrakul card. So, I think it would be cool if we got exactly one card. It was an Emrakul card. And that was it. No, yeah, like I don't think we will. Looking for clues to find out how Emrakul got out of the moon or something like that. Like, yeah. Okay. okay. So, I think that we are going to get a, a werewolf card. It's better than Tovalar in this set. Um, what's the name? What's the last name of a big werewolf family? Are there any werewolf family? The Werewolfingtons. Werewolfingtons. Uh, yes. There was a new guy on the scene, Stephen. Stephen. Stephen Werewolfington. <laughs> and uh, you know he's out to try his luck at the big game, the werewolf game. Yeah, he's new in town. <laughs> new, new in town. Uh, anyway, he yeah, he is a. Uh, uh, you really think there's gonna I, be a better werewolf? Than I think there's gonna be a better werewolf card than Tovalar. Not necessarily for werewolf decks, but just a better werewolf card. Like period. Oh, so like maybe a not a creature, but like something that goes and gets a werewolf. No, or... no, no, no. A creature, a creature, a werewolf card. A werewolf creature that is a better creature than Tovalar. I'm not saying better in werewolf. Not saying better than the in werewolf decks, but just a better, more playable creature generically than Tovalar. I got. Let me let me read him again. Just okay. Because maybe he's not as good as I think he is. Uh, he's pretty good. Read them. Yes. Read them out loud. No. Okay. Whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. That's a terrible ability. Um, okay. Give your upkeep. If you control three or more wolves or werewolves, it becomes night. Then transform any number of human werewolves you control. And then the other side. I don't know if it'll show me the other side of the card. Well, it's the that. same thing, except it's just a four-four, and it can kiss a wolf run any any werewolf without having to tap. Yeah, I don't know, Justin. This is uh, 
This is really good. Yeah, I know. That's why it's a bold prediction. Okay. I, I also I love this because I can naysay you and agree that it is a bold prediction. There you go. Perfect. Exactly what we want. Uh, uh, so I that's don't agree thing. with that, though. I don't think we will get one. Yeah, that's a thing that I think we will get. What I what I think we won't get is the rest of the land cycle. The uh, coming to play untapped lands if you have if you uh, control two other lands. I don't think we're going to get the rest of the cycle in this set. I'm pretty sure that we won't see those until the next Innistrad. I don't know when we're going to see them, but it's not going to be an Innistrad Crimson Vale. It could be though. It'd be really cool if it was. Yeah, it won't be though. We know. I think at this point, you call that bold, but we know enough about Watson to know that isn't happening. We're not getting those lands. Look, maybe they've turned over a new leaf. No, they know. They know where that everyone who plays Magic is really into real estate, and we can't. We got to get those non-basic lands. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't think they're in there. I don't think they're in there. They generally don't. I don't think they're in there either back-to-back sets with new lands. Not a common thing that happens. I think everyone's just going to be wildly disappointed. In Dominaria, did they print all of the... uh... No, just five. Just the... uh... The Innistrad ones? Just the Innistrad. The ones that were initially Innistrad, yes. I might see those in here again before I see a new land cycle. Mm, I don't think there's any lands. Okay. I don't think there's any rare, no rare lands. Okay, well, I'll make a bold prediction that there will be rare lands. Okay. Might not be a land cycle. There'll be rare lands. I'm like, I, I mean a rare land cycle. Okay. I knew you did, but... Okay, I think there'll be a rare land cycle. I think that there's going to be a new showcase style. That's obvious. And I think instead of... Instead of uh, you know, it's like it was the Eternal Night with like black and white, grayscale. I think it's going to be very fancy. There's going to have a lot of color, overwhelmingly colorful. Instead, to juxtapose the Eternal Night that we got with Midnight Hunt. Well, they're like, unless that ritual thing worked, they're still in the Eternal Night. But okay, Emrakul got free. Everything went back to normal. It's all lining up. We figured out the whole set, Justin. Just the whole thing. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, just listen to this podcast. No need to watch that Wizards thing. Next yeah, time. don't even worry about it. Now, okay, I think it's. I think we're pretty close because I think the showcase could be very gothic looking, but that's just like in my head. A lot of vampire art has a very like gothic look to it, you know, and. So, so I think so for magic and the magic art too, basically. Like, I can think of a lot of pictures with just the way they use it. But you say colorful. What if it's just all shades of red? Mm, it could be, but I don't think it's going to be. Well, the set's called Crimson Vow. It's true. So I'm pretty leaned into the set is colorful, but it's red colorful. You know, like yeah, yeah, all yeah. the cards are very red looking. Especially yeah, the vampire cards. Probably. I could see that. I could see that. It's just as weird to have different colored lands with like a red tone. Well, they're they're under a crimson vowel in the sky and it shines very brightly. The vowel's in the sky. Yeah, after they make it, it goes up in the sky and becomes the new sun. 
What is it? <laughs> what is it that you're referring it's to? The vow between Olivia and no, Edgar. No, just the vow. I mean, excuse okay. me, the vow between Olivia and Stephen. Yeah, no, you said Edgar. You know what you mean in your heart. Well, I was catering to your world, not mine. Well, in my world, and in the correct world, oh, is my last bold prediction. That the best card in the set, hands down, is going to be a, a zombie card. Uh, I think that the best card in the set is a human. Ooh. Well, unless I'm... I, I feel like I got trolled, but is Snapcaster Mage in the set? It's like the one guard we know. I don't. I don't think Snapcaster okay. Mage is in this. Okay, set. just make it short. I feel like I saw something on Twitter, which often uh, Twitter can be very misleading. Ah, you saw something on Twitter. Yeah, it can often be very misleading. I had to write that. that down. Um, the... Yeah, I'm citing it. Okay, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> um, about Snapcaster Mage being in the set. So yeah, I think it's... Whole bold prediction: Snapcaster Mage not in not in Innistrad Crimson Vale. It is. It's... <laughs> It's a human vampire wizard. Okay, so it's not Snapcaster Mage, it's a new card. Uh, well, it's what Stephen Markov does when he comes into play. Okay, so Stephen Markov is the new Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. You've really been saving this one till the end. Well, yeah, I knew I had to sell you on Stephen Markov somehow. Yeah. Save the best for last. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be a zombie, though. Uh, I mean, I think that's... Easily. Uh, I think you could be right. Uh also think it could... I think it's more likely to be a human. Well, humans suck, though, and zombies are cool. So I, I think know. it I won't be like a human and it will be a zombie. Innistrad always has some good humans in it. They got some okay humans. They got some okay. They've done they've done fine uh, for themselves. They sure have. But know? I mean like Thalia, come on, Justin. Thalia's it's fine. It's fine. There's gonna be a Thalia. Yeah, I think there probably will be. And it's gonna be good. It's gonna be both of the old Thalias combined. But, five mana. But a uh, five mana uh five three that taxes all of your spells, makes everything come into play tap. It's three mana, three white. Just white, white, white? Yeah. It's about the same as five mana. Yeah. They're not printing a white, 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 five, three in there. <laughs> that taxes. They're not printing that. Um, so. yeah, they might if it makes your spells cost one more and makes all of your stuff come into play tap. Yeah. She, and your opponent draws a card. She she goes crazy. with And you, and you can't draw cards. Okay, well. Now you, you're just making a bad card. Now I won't stand for it. Oh, huh. Wizards stands for it all the time with white cards. No, they make... See, that's the misconception. They don't make that many bad white cards. They make a lot of okay ones. <laughs> they're only okay. The good ones are okay. What? That's your like, argument? <laughs> yeah, they just make okay white cards. I don't know, but... There are cards like Smothering Tide that are white. It's really powerful. And noxious, honestly. Yeah, sure. So you don't get name, anything. You need name uh, the best. Hey, right off the top of your head, name the best five white cards in the past five years. Anointing procession, smothering tithe, uh, Megara. Oh man, prismatic right. ending. Yeah, that's going. Uh, I don't really know what to put as a fifth one. 
last five years. Maybe Skyclave Apparition? That's a pretty powerful card. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I just don't feel like that card would ever see play in Legacy, but like, Death Taxes can certainly play it with Aether Balls and stuff. Like, play Flicker Wisp, so. A Skyclave Apparition? Yeah. It sees play in Legacy. Because, you know, that would kill an Emrakul on a show and tell. No. It wouldn't. Oh, How would it kill an Emrakul? Because they come into play and then Skyclave removes it. No, it's got to be four or less. Four mana or less. Oh, four mana. Okay. Well, never mind. I, no, Skyclave's better than that. Okay? It gets anything. It doesn't, though. <laughs> that's just not what the card does. No, no. Oh, well, it's not what I thought it did that. Okay. Well, that's a good argument. Um, it, Yeah, anyway, still Skyclave it. But there might be a better card I'm missing. But I don't know. I feel like I know some pretty decent cards. I realize that, though, there there have been better cards in other colors. I don't know about red. I'm sure there have been great red cards, but I'm just forgetting. Yeah. Anyway. Well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, zombie card, best card, hands down. No well, question. They could reprint Gravecrawler, so it could be on to something. It's a great one. It is, actually. They're not one. going to because it's in that secret layer. That's the secret. It's that secret layer art. The pinup grave crawler. Yeah, it's not yeah. going to be, but. All right, Stephen, do you have any other bold predictions? Um, are you pre-releasing for Crimson Vow? Mm, likely, yeah, likely. I did, we didn't get to for Midnight Hunt, which was sad because we were at Gen Con. Okay. Well, we, we um, let the bold us. prediction I'm going to make is that. I'm going to crush you like a bug. Oh, that's the boldest prediction of all. Um, Historically, you two, get your head stomped in by, to me. And you won't even get me below 15 life in a single game. Whoa! This is a bold prediction. I can't remember the last time you beat me at a pre-release. I can't remember the last time you beat me. It was the two sets ago. The last pre-release we played it. I think I won. I remember you, you didn't. Winning. You didn't. I'm I got a picture of it. <laughs> I have an actual picture of it. And you look I really believe, sad. I believe you. I believe you, actually. I believe you do have a picture yeah. of it. That was, uh, that was at Modern, okay? That was not at a pre-release. Uh, I think it was at a pre-release. I'm pretty sure it was at Modern. So. All right, well, we're going to we'll settle it the next one. Yeah, I've played the I can't say down. I would beat you because that wouldn't fit with our segment. That's not a bold prediction. That's a la- lazy, oh, easy prediction. Oh, okay. Let's just Call move on. a layup prediction. Let's move on to the next segment. You gave All me right. the last word. We don't need to hear it anymore. Okay. All right. Uh, so those are our bold predictions for Innistrad Crimson Vale. Uh, now, we watched a very bold movie over the last week, The Guilty on Netflix. So we are going to talk... All about that coming up in just one moment. All right. Stephen and I watched The Guilty on Netflix. And I want to state one, no spoilers for now. Two. Uh, the Guilty is a remake of a Danish film of the same name. 
Now, okay. yeah, yeah. This version stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, it does not really star anybody else. There's a couple. Uh, yeah, you're right. There's pretty much no one else. Yeah. Now the cast list is good, but um, I will say, uh, without spoiling too much, Jake Gyllenhaal is the absolutely the main character, front line and uh, front center. So he is the person you're going to be looking at. Here's the synopsis of the movie. A troubled police detective demoted to 911 operator duty scrambles to save a distressed caller during a harrowing day of revelations and reckonings. All right. All right, Stephen, tell me how you feel about this movie. I didn't really like it. Okay, why is that? Uh, I didn't like Jake Gyllenhaal's character a lot. Okay. Um, and we spoke briefly about it, and you said you're not supposed to like his character. Yes. I don't like his character either because I think his character is wholly unlikable, and I think that's part of the point of the movie. Yeah, so you don't feel like by the end of the movie you're supposed to... Have changed to his side? No. No. I think you're supposed to feel bad for him, which I did. But I didn't like him. Oh, I don't feel bad for him. But I, I definitely don't, don't like him. I just felt like that's kind of how the movie played out to me. Like there was an expectation that I should kind of be behind him at the end. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I think that he's unlikable from about the first... 60 seconds into the movie, all the way till the end. Yeah, he certainly is. I mean, full disclosure, I watched 45 minutes of the movie and cut it off. And then, like, week two later, you mentioned wanting to watch it, and I was like, oh, goody. I think that's that's probably what it is. I didn't, I don't think I really realized that until we just talked about it, but you're not supposed to like him, and I don't, and I guess that kind of ruins it for me. I guess I was generally a, a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan. I like most of the movies he's in. I like Jake Gyllenhaal too. I thought he was exceptional in this movie. I think he's completely awesome. He had to be because he is the primary actor in the movie. Uh, but it's 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 because he does an excellent job acting, not because he portrays a likable character. Okay. So the majority of the movie takes place in a 911 call center. And Jake Gyllenhaal is playing a 911 operator. And pretty much all of the characters he interacts with are via phone. And the camera's on him pretty much 99.9% .9 of the movie. So you really get a chance to see him act, which he does, and I think he does an exceptional job of. I get why Steven didn't like it. Um, I don't think that there's a lot of redemption for any of the characters in the movie. Uh, I don't think that there is a lot of 
likability to really anyone that you interact with. It does make it pretty real. And I think that there's definitely parts where if you're just kind of shutting your brain off and watching the movie, that Jake Gyllenhaal's character might try to get you on his side of things with things that are happening. But as long as you don't have a short memory, I don't think that that really ever happens. Um, no, I did. Well, it didn't happen for me. I agree with what you're saying, but that didn't ha- obviously didn't happen for me. I don't think I would have watched this movie if we weren't doing it for the podcast. Yeah, you. I mean, you had said you'd started to watch it yeah. and you turned it off. I mean, after, regardless of what uh, we I end up rating it, um, this feels like a very uh, cheap to produce movie. <laughs> yeah, this like pretty clear. It's one, two, three scenes right there. Basically, he's in that room. He's in the bathroom. Well, there's. I mean, there's a lot of scenes, but there's not a lot of locations that they film in them. Yeah, he's just like in that room. He's in the calls conference room. For the majority of the movie, actually. Yeah. It definitely was. It's like the perfect movie to make during COVID. Because a very small cast. And uh, you don't have to... If you have camera set up, you don't even really have to... You don't have to do a whole lot. It's just Jake Gyllenhaal acting in various rooms. What? All right. All right. Well, I was going to say, what, before we get into spoilers, obviously, what would you rate this movie? Uh, I'm going to give it a three, but I did like it. I'm pretty close to a four, but I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a two. Yeah. I thought that you might. Now, that's because I don't think I've ever handed out a one. And I have to save it. So I don't believe I've ever... Yeah, this movie... This I would dispute you if you gave this movie a one. Yeah, well, there's a... There's a moral to it. And what and whatnot, you know. So, it's not all bad. I just didn't like it. So, a two and a three, almost a four. That's a... That's a high... That's a high rating. Trying to think it what is. the last thing we reviewed that you gave such a high rating to. It's pretty it's pretty different between us. Uh I, I, I just think... didn't get a high rating. <laughs> well, Amflux is uh we should have given Amflux its own rating scale, really. Well, it'd be to be graded on a weight. Come on, Justin. Come on. Look, uh <laughs> the last movie uh I gave I've given two movies fives this calendar year. What movies were those? Uh, one was uh, Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. You saw that afterwards, but John and I reviewed it. Uh-huh. Okay. So give a five. And, and? and, and Coco. Uh, we did review that. We did. So Coco. Yes. Two Disney films, ironically. Okay. Oh, and then, yeah. 
I'm just trying to get, you know, the weight there. I don't know what you uh, voted as a four. But this is almost a four. and um, I've given a few things fours. I've given a few things fours. I think what it is for me is this movie's really boring. That's fair. I didn't... I didn't personally find it boring, but I think that I think that the plot is pretty straightforward. Uh, I think it was a little predictable, as in I actually predicted everything that was going to happen at the first moment. The movie allowed me to do so, essentially. Um, I think that if you're not into watching Jake Gyllenhaal play this character, then that's the movie. You're not going to be into the movie. There's not anything that can all change that. Um, I believe that the premise, because it's a movie, sometimes it is, it's going to be difficult to suspend your disbelief of everything that's happening, even though it's very realistic, the scenario when you put everything together makes it slightly less realistic. Like movies that are that are grounded in in abject realism are difficult for me to like suspend my disbelief on. Like if everything Everything in the entire movie is completely realistic to the to the absolute maximum degree. Then anything that seems out of place on that, even as inconsequential as it could as it as it would be, like a sequence of like things happening or coincidences or things like that, it makes it difficult. It makes it difficult for me to like say, mm, that doesn't seem realistic. Like a movie, like let's say, what do we watch? We watched Venom 2 last week, right? Yep. Like the movie's not realistic at all. It's all over the place. So I'm able to suspend my disbelief for other things more because of that. Like once you set up the tone of the movie of like, you just take everything what we say at face value, you don't have to worry about realism. Like that extends to a lot of other parts of the movie. But when this movie, which is like, this is entirely based on realism, this is something that could actually happen, could be happening right now. Uh those sorts of of plot points from getting from point A to point B to point C seems slightly too convenient to be happening. And that's actually the thing that keeps it away from a four for me is, I don't know how they do this movie otherwise, but because of the way that the movie is set up, that it's, that it's basically uh, a single actor acting in a very small amount of locations, that Jake Gyllenhaal has a significant amount of work to do for you to believe everything that's happening in this movie. And I think he does a really good job, but I think he can't, I think he can't overcome the portion that I'm talking about, which is why he gets a three, not a four. All right. Well, let's get, let's just get into spoilers. All right. I'm ready. All right. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. That's all you get. Okay. So, I told you I told you that my biggest problem with it and why I turned off the first time is that in the movie Jake Gyllenhaal 
in the beginning of it, he's like in that room with other people. And he's just like acting crazy, basically. Like he's cursing really loudly and making a scene. And I just felt like exactly what you were talking about before we went to spoilers. So like, because it's supposed to be like in reality, the fact that I'm like, I work in an office, there's just no way he could be that way. Have a job. He'd be fired so fast. He would be. He would have been fired. You know, like now. I will say, it seems pretty clear. He was a police officer. He, while he's awaiting, while he is awaiting a trial for a kid he just murdered for no reason, which he confesses to essentially. Uh. That he, they probably took him off the streets and they're like, well, we're going to, we have to pay you. Uh, so we're going to put you here and you're going to do this. So he can't really get fired because he's kind of in a protected position. Uh, but yeah, I guess. if he was just a regular 911 operator that had like interviewed for this job, he would have been fired yeah, in exactly yeah. one day. That's how he got through training. <laughs> but I mean, I get I don't that. Think he'd, some of that's due to uh, his uh, guilt. I think it's fair to call it guilt. He's, yeah. He is suffering from guilt. I do want to know what his inhaler was. He just had asthma. Or stress, probably. He seems like a person it's, that stresses him out constantly. When he, takes the, when he takes a hit of it, you know, it seems like it hurts, though. Like, he's always, like, well, veined out at that point, basically. Well, I think he's... Because he's straining himself. Yeah, I know. I think that's, like, like, the release uh, of, yeah. of that. Oh, maybe it is the release, yeah. Oxygen just like, push, he's, yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty common. Super, super, like, veined out. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like the character was very realistic. Uh, it's a terrible person. From start to finish, like, and like I said before the break or before the spoiler warning, as soon as, like, when one, it's a movie trope, like, the first person you meet is the person that did the thing. Okay. First person that we essentially, that we first meaningful character we meet is Emily, the mom. And as soon as, uh, he talked to a little girl and he's like, my brother Oliver sleeping. I was like, baby's dead. Mom killed the baby. And I said this out loud to Meredith. Um, then I was like, I was like, it's cause the baby was, cause the baby was crying too much. So she wanted to be quiet or go to sleep, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, the tummy snakes. Yeah. It was a twist that the baby was alive. I didn't expect that. Oh, uh, uh yeah, after the father guy had the breakdown, I was like, "Yeah, the baby's definitely dead now." Like, I you're, that was a twist because I I thought the baby was dead. Yeah, I did too. Uh, but like he, every action he does makes everything worse. If he actually had just done his job, he could have like resolved. Like this would have just been resolved. Like had he not assumed guilt on someone, which obviously is just a character flaw. Which means he shouldn't be a police officer, just straight up. I guess he's not going to be. But, like, jumping, immediately jumping to judgment on people. The first guy he talks to 
he asks if he's taken drugs and he tells him he shouldn't do that. And it's like, dude, you're like, there's no context for anything. It's immediately snap judgments for every single situation. Every situation he encounters through the entire movie, he makes a judgment on with little to no information. Uh, that seems... I don't think he does. Yeah, I think you're pretty much right on that. Um, it's annoying, like, honestly. So it is very annoying. It is very annoying. Yeah, he's not a re- I, he's not a redeemable character. Like he he orders. I mean, he's also like does things that he tells his partner to like go break into this dude's house because he's convinced that he's killed this child and kidnapped this woman. But then, you know what? There's going to be no recourse to that because the guy that was doing it is like, you know, now he's he's done something on a favor of a person with terrible judgment. And now this dude's going to come back to find his house is just broken into. What happens when they leave and this door's bust open? What if his house gets robbed? Like, he just doesn't, he doesn't care about, he doesn't, he doesn't care about the reality. It's just he has this like twisted concept of justice that he's like, you know, the the judge, jury, and executioner, which is how he feels for everything. Especially at the end of the movie, he's like, yeah, I just killed this kid. He's like, why? He's like, because I could. I was like, yeah, you're a terrible person. You're just a terrible person. Uh yeah, he's he doesn't look very good in the last scene, but that's his like redeeming arc. He like confesses, uh, yeah, and then he yeah, calls his partner and he's like, you know, just tell him the truth. Yeah, I mean, so do I? I just, I mean, I, yeah, I, I do think that was the intent. I agree that that was the intent of the movie. I don't think it was redemption at all because I think he had like I don't. I don't first of all, this is gonna be a bold statement I don't think everyone just gets to be redeemed okay like I I I don't especially in like like without having to go through anything to atone for mistakes and he's you know maybe he will because he goes to prison we, we are led to assume but like by the end of the movie, he's not atoned at all. All he's done is just committed to a crime. Yes. But, That's not but atonement. now, there's a little, I mean, it is, there's some atonement. He's going to get away with it. How's he going to get away with it? He pled guilty. He is the guilty. He is the person that the movie's talking about. Yeah, but he, that's what, that's the thing about his partner telling the truth or telling the story. Like if they would have just both come out there, said the same thing and said like so-and-so and so-and-so, he's going to get away with it. Like that's what his, uh, his boss yeah, tells him on have, the phone. Course, he's like, cause he's a cop. He, he says, you know, say what you're supposed to say. Yeah. And then next week you'll be back out in the car. That's what you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go kill another kid. Cause he looked at him wrong. I mean, I don't, necessarily know that that's guaranteed to happen but you have a fair point and that is something that goes on in the movie like i'm I think just they're... treating him like he would treat everybody else 
He looked at the dude's record, assumed, with no context, because he had been to prison, and now, oh, look, you, you're a murderer? Well, I'm just going to assume you're going to murder everyone you meet. That's exactly what he, that's exactly what Joe, Jake Gyllenhaal's character would do. Verbatim. We saw that multiple times. I think clearly he was trying to save someone. Uh, to he atone, thought he thought he was. Yeah. To atone yeah, based, for, uh... yeah, he thought he was trying to save someone based on a snap decision with no context and minimal information. And he's like, I know everything. Just listen to me. I have to trust my instinct. Your instincts are wrong. They're terrible. We've seen multiple over this entire hour and a half movie. Their instincts are bad. It was, it was a very, it was a, it was a good movie, but it was very frustrating to watch because I didn't like the main character at all. And it's the only character you really interact with for the entire movie. Yeah. Cause you, there's like two other officers or something. Maybe it's just the one chick that's there with him the whole time. The one that tells him he can't be on the phone, but like after his that boss, comment, yeah, about not being boss, on the phone, he's just at work for like five more hours, it feels like, and on the phone. Yeah, it's because he's not listening. He doesn't care about her. He doesn't respect her. He's not looking to listen to her. He knows he's protected. He's not going to lose his job. She probably can't wait for him to not be there. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, again, I liked the movie, but man, it was frustrating to watch. It was, and I didn't make it through the first time. And I think that's perfectly reasonable if you turn this on and uh, just said you don't want to finish it. Yeah. 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 You don't have likable characters. The story is... I mean, it's like it's it's I think it's gripping, but I do think it was I do think it was predictable. Because there's no other honestly, I don't think there's any other way it could go. You have a person who's clearly uh, thinks the worst of people, jumps to this, jumps to conclusions. Uh, and you have a situation that seems pretty straightforward. So obviously that means it's not straightforward. And you weren't given a lot of options other than. It's not the option he thinks it is. So that's the option that I think it is. And it turned out to be the case. Yeah, did you you call that he was going to confess to the... Uh, the thing? I thought that he was ultimately going to say on the phone what happened. And that's an important factor because it's like, look... It doesn't matter because everything he said was on the phone. Like he was on his call. The only calls that weren't recorded are the ones he made on a cell phone. But all the times he was talking to Emily and her husband and the daughter. That was all on the the 911 phone and all, everything's recorded. So. So he confessed on that recorded call. Which I thought was going to which I did think was going to happen. Oh, that he was going to confess over one of the 911 calls. Okay. Well, I didn't. I didn't know what was going on really at, at first before I figured out that he had the guilt. You know, he was guilty. Yeah. Well, I knew he was guilty, but I didn't know if he had guilt. 
Well, yeah, well, the movie's name is The Guilty, and there's the yeah. backdrop of, like, there's something going on with him in a trial, which isn't fully fleshed out at first, you know? And he's trying to catch someone who kidnapped a woman, you know? Yeah. So it was ambiguous when I cut it off, and then when I cut it back on from that point, you know, I caught on to what was going on, and I thought he was just going to get away with it. But he doesn't. What I thought... I didn't think I thought he was going to confess to it when he was on that call. And then the movie is going to end with him pleading innocent and then being like, well, we have this call where you confessed, you idiot. Which is honestly, you know, what I was hoping to have happen. Okay. Well, he does confess and then. Yeah, I think he does, he, he does he, show up, but he pleads I, guilty. It doesn't. Say it's sentencing, right? We just know he's going to jail. I want yeah, to know, he, I know the know whole he, thing. We know that he pled guilty. Yeah, I know. I kind of want to know the whole thing, too. You're going to tell me the whole thing. Yeah, I was definitely invested. So I wanted to know. Well, either way, I liked the movie. Had some problems with it. Uh, even though, I, you know, I complained a lot about the main character, but that's just because I thought he was a terrible person. And not really about the movie itself, other than the things that I said uh, before the before the spoiler warning. Um, you know, almost a four is what you said. I will say yeah. that I guess his acting was good because I think uh, his acting was great. I did hate him, and that means he was doing a good job. Yeah, that is exactly what that means. Exactly right. Any other thoughts on the guilty, Stephen? I won't make you watch this again. Uh, Even though I liked it. I just have one thing to end with. I'm guilty of having watched it. I didn't wait to say that. Great. I'm glad you waited. What a, what a great and clever thing to end on. Yeah, see, I knew you were going to say that regardless of when I said it. Oh my gosh, what, I'm just as predictable as the yeah, movie. that's why I waited. <laughs> Next week, No Time to Die. That's in theaters. Uh, and the week after that, The Harder They Fall, about very tall cowboys that fall over from riding smaller people. So, uh, Smaller people. Yep, that is the show. Uh, we do have, obviously, a random question that Stephen's going to ask me. So we're going to take a break and be back in just one moment. All right, Justin, it's my question. Um, And this is a question that's going to hit close to home for me. And it's, do you think in a world where they made a magic card called Steven Markov, that it would be a world you'd want to play magic in? Yeah, you know what? I'm open to all sorts of, uh, I'm open to universes beyond Stranger Things, Street Fighter, Walking Dead. Uh, so because of that, I feel like that. No, no, I wouldn't want to live there. That's a terrible idea. That's, come on, man. You That's have one step too far. One many step too times far. that you don't want to hurt me, but yeah, you keep hurting me. <laughs> I just think that's one step too far. I think there's a level of ridiculousness that you 
can have. And I think that you have to be careful not to cross that line. And I think that if magic did that, they would simply just cross the line. And that's, uh, that's what I would say. No, thank you. Uh, I'm done. Pack it up. We had a good run, 22 years. But Stephen Markov, that was the nail in the coffin. I like what you did there. I like that. Thank you. All right, that's my question. Now, that's all I have. Okay. Now, Stephen Weir Wolfington might be a different story. Oh, He's okay. much classier. You like that guy better. Okay. Yeah, a little bit better. Anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter at jparnell1. Of course, on StarCityGames.com, YouTube, and everywhere you can find other podcasts for the 540, my Cube podcast with Ryan Overturf every week, and Star City Games and YouTube for Commander versus with Steven. Steven, where can people find you? At uh, Redneck Wins on Twitter, and then obviously on Commander versus uh, on the YouTube, so on StarCityGames.com. All right. Well, you can find John at Here's Asian John on Twitter. And at your friendly neighborhood content creator, he does a lot of producing and directing for other various content innings yeah, around the magic. He's kind of a big deal. He's a really big deal, actually. Yeah, he's kind We're of We're lucky deal. to have him. I can't believe he even talks to me. I, that's how I feel. I, I feel grateful in knowing me. I, I do, too. It's uh, yeah, And I don't even feel bad whenever I text him and he says, who is this? Oh man! I've deleted your number out of did, my phone. Did, did you text? Did that happen? Is that a, yeah? Is that that, a every story? time, every, every single time. time. Yeah, every time. Jeez. Yeah. I, but you know what? I'm happy. I'm just happy to have those, you know, twenty to thirty seconds of his life before he tells me to lose his number and please don't contact me again. Lord. Um. It's kind of. But you know, making it, making it sound kind of grim here. He shows up every couple weeks. He produces the podcast, and I'm just I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful for him. I'm just thankful. Okay. Anyway, you can contact the show at thinktwicemtg@gmail.com if you have questions about anything you can think of. You can support the show by going to patreon.com/thinktwicemtg if you'd like to support us with dollars, which is always nice. And of course, if you do, you can get access to our Discord server, including our Animal Lovers channel, which has an animal picture of the week that we pick out every time. I've picked. Uh, Zuko, which is D. Fiquette's uh, dog, but it's Zuko as a Wookiee. Okay? Okay. And I'm you're probably looking for the picture, but it's a video. Okay, it's a video this week. So it's animal video of the week, and it's Zuko making his Wookiee noises. It's, uh, it is a good Wookiee impression, because you know that I watched that three times. It's, yeah, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah, I, so Zuko, you're my winner. I chose uh, Ronan. It's basically Slump's cat. Given a big stretch, that cat just looks magnificent right there. And it's making eye contact even better. Uh, it is a really great picture. It's a really, really great. It looks so, look how fluffy it is. It's yeah. like, touch my stomach and I definitely won't claw you. And it's like, just kidding. I'm going to, but I still want you to do it. I think that Basic Slump should send me that cat. Uh, be my cat. <laughs> okay, just to, just to yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, take, I'll take care of it. Yeah, I'll send I, I it back that. in like two weeks. I'm not going to keep it. You just want to have it around a yeah, little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. 
See if I can get it to lay out like that for some stretches. And then I'll take a picture and maybe you'll choose my photo. I would. I probably would if it was Ronan. Yeah. If it was Ronan. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So Zuko and Ronan, your animals, uh, pictures of the week. We want to thank our community manager, Tim Chestnagas, in addition to John, who produces the show, as well as being the talent. Uh, Next week, he'll be back when we talk about No Time to Die. Anyway, thank you, Stephen, um, for all of your predictions. And I'm sure, uh, you know, by the time this pod- the next podcast comes out, we'll know if they're right or wrong. Yep. I'll be completely vindicated. Yeah, I have no doubt. Thank you, everyone, very much for listening. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.